0: Raiders fans, you can be here for live NFL action all season long. As the official ticket marketplace of the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL, Ticketmaster is a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Whether you're cheering on the Raiders at home or away, find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com/slash Raiders.
1: You're listening to a pawn further review presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, we are back. Eddie Pascal and Jesse Merrick from News 3LV. And this week, by the way, you're watching and listening to Upon Further Review brought to you by Coors Light. We are doing a defensive six-pack. So last week, we did the offense. We did six questions surrounding your 2023 Las Vegas Raiders on the offensive side of the football. This week, all things defense, all things Patrick Graham's crew. So Jesse, you went last week. I believe you started us off with our first question. Yes, sir. So I will do the honors this week. Our first question surrounding the Las Vegas Raiders defense in 2023 is this: Going back to 2022, the tandem of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones had 17 sacks combined. One seven. Are we? Do we think that number goes up or goes down in 2023?
0: Yeah, diving right into it. Right. Getting away. into I love it. it, man. Uh, you know, with, with Max, obviously, we know he's the energizer buddy. That guy mm-hmm. is going to eat no matter what. Um, I, I think the number goes up. Uh, You know, we saw Chandler get a slow start statistically, you know, and obviously people were kind of going in on the guy, but he was still impactful in other ways. I think we see Chandler jump out to a quicker start, maybe get a couple more sacks there. Um, Obviously, they talk about wanting to win and roll guys out there in waves uh, along the defensive front, but I think we see more out of Chandler. Also, too, there's a rookie in the mix. Uh, We'll see what he kind of eats into, but that also breeds some competition there because let's be honest, like, if he takes someone's job, it ain't going to be Max's. You know, so Chandler maybe has a little bit of a fire lit under him. Not that he, like, we all know what Chandler can do. He's future Hall of Famer and everything like that. But, uh, so no disrespect on him in saying that. But I mean, like, this is a guy that probably comes in uh, with a little more to be like, hey, okay, yeah, like, like I'm going to help this guy and kind of bring him along. But you bring him in here, I'm going to show you what I can do. Uh, so I think there's maybe a little more fire from Chandler. We've seen him kind of getting in there uh, in the mix early on in the season. We start to see that number go up a bit more. And if it does... That's going to be great for the guys on the back end as well.
1: Yes, I agree with you. Not great for the sake of uh, debate, but I agree with you. I think that number goes up. Uh, and you hit the nail on the head, right, where Max is going to do what Max does, right? Max is, I think we can agree that Max needs to be in that conversation when you talk about the elite edge rushers in the NFL. Crosby, comma Max needs to be included in every single one of those conversations. 100%. But Chandler, you bring up a Chandler, right? And we look at Chandler from a year ago, four and a half sacks. But I want to focus on this. Four sacks in his final four games. Yeah. So and we have talked about it time and time again. He has talked about it time and time again, the slow start to last year. And there's really no two ways to to parse it. It was a slow start. Yeah. But something seemed to click for him. And I'm looking up the numbers. Something seemed to click. And it was that game against the Chargers, a Raiders win 27-20, three sacks, and you saw, okay. This is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, This is the Chandler Jones that we all expected was going to walk into this building and do his thing in the offseason. And that is the Chandler Jones that I think we are going to get this season. Uh, now, I don't know if we're going to get a double-digit sack Chandler Jones, and you bring up a great point about Tyree Wilson and the impact that he is going to have on this defense this season, but I think we look at 17 from a year ago, and even if Max says it goes down to hypothetically 11 sacks, right? If you get 11 from Max – I am pretty confident sitting here today that the sack number for Chandler Jones is going to be north of four and a half. Yeah. So I think if you would ask me right now, seventeen is the line. Do we feel it's going to be a bigger number or a smaller number? Sitting here right now today, I think it's a bigger number.
0: Yeah. Run, run to the bank on the over on that one, right? Uh, definitely on that. I, I think too. Just looking at the schedule, I was pulling it up here, and obviously, you know, they start against Denver. That's an offensive line that has been kind of shaky. Mm-hmm. New system. They're kind of learning things, so maybe he's able to jump out of the gates there. And you go to Buffalo, but then you got Pittsburgh, uh, you know, who's got a new – not new, but a second-year quarterback in there, maybe still trying to kind of find his footing. Uh, So, you know, maybe he kind of starts to break through a bit. So I think there's some spots in here uh, where he's going to have some opportunities to get there, uh, specifically against the old lines that he's going to be facing as well. So I think that kind of bodes well for him in terms of increasing those stats. And
1: this is more of a question, I I guess, philosophical question, and you would know better than I. Again, we'll talk about this more during the Raiders Training Camp podcast. By the way, we are back. Like, subscribe, make sure that you're rocking with us in just a few short weeks because Jesse and I are going to do the entirety of camp. No days off. We're grinding. But I wonder, and we talk about the Tyree Wilson of it all, right, Uh, and the expectation of what Tyree's going to bring to the table. If, you, if you're Patrick Graham, and this is more Jesse X's and O's that I'm asking you, who do you think is more likely in a kind of unique package to shift to the inside, right? Because I don't see a yeah. world really where they ask Max to shift inside. But if you want to have Max, Tyree, and Chandler all on the field... All at the same time, all getting after the quarterback. Who's right. more likely to make that move on the inside? And I,
0: I think that's something we do see. I, I, you know, so that's one thing I've been talking about with Tyrese. So many people asking, like, what kind of role does he carve out for himself? I think he is involved with those other two guys out on the mm-hmm. field. So we start seeing him out there. I think of the of those two, I would definitely want to put Chandler on the inside, mm-hmm. just because. Look, I mean, the kid's kind of trying to get his feet with and play in the NFL. Like, you know, Chandler's been there, done that. Uh, You know, not something he's done a whole lot of, but I I would put him in there, you know, and feel a little bit more comfortable about it. Having said that, I think maybe it's something we see more of where uh, either Chandler or Tyree lined up more as that outside edge rusher, the outside linebacker type of position, and and, uh, Chandler on the edge. I think we see, you know, Chandler on the edge in the defensive with his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what I mean. so I, I think we see more of that. But if you're talking about moving someone inside, you know, to me, it's Chandler Jones going inside. Uh, and then that's a scary thought with just the the purely from an athleticism standpoint with Max on one end and Tyree on the other. I mean, whew, that's not going to be fun for quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you're a center or you're an interior lineman and you're looking up and you see Chandler Jones yeah. all... What do we list in Chandler at these days? All 6'5 of him and yeah. the, the arms that seemingly go on forever. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a scary proposition for any interior lineman.
0: On top of that, too, like... Everyone talks about with Chandler, like, the thing for him is that, like, he's an unconventional rusher. Like, the way that he rushes, it's like, what the heck is going on yeah you know? And so you do that and move that inside against guys that aren't used to facing a guy like that. Like, that's going to cause problems. And so that's where I think it will be interesting to see how Patrick Graham uses him along with Tyree and Max.
1: Yeah, it's—look— it's been. A, it feels like it's been a long time since the Raiders have had a trio of pass rushers yeah. this explosive, this dynamic, uh, and with the potential that they have. And in trio, can you say in tandem when it's three? I don't know if you can. I think I don't know. I think tandems two in trio we'll in concert. I think it's fun. whatever. I'm, not, in, I'm, I'm changing the English in language. In trio, exactly in trio. <laughs> but I'm really excited to see what the three of them can do together because I think, like to your point, there are certainly going to be moments in a game where you see all three of those dudes on the field on the defensive line together. Who's got their hand in the dirt? Who doesn't? It's going to be one of the more intriguing things to see that likely we probably won't see during the preseason, no, but yeah. once we get to the regular season and really go through the marathon, that is that 18, 19 weeks, that's going to be a fun thing to uh, to keep an eye on. But
0: Jesse, kick us off. Question number two, what you got? All right, let's get it. So I'm going to move. So we talked about the defensive line. I'm going to move now back to the guys on the second level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who emerges in that linebacking core as the leader there? We obviously saw that uh, they said that Divine Diablo was wearing the green dot here in the yep. offseason stuff. Uh, so, to me, really, I think it's a battle in terms of a leadership battle, if we call it, between Spillane and Divine. But who do you think it is?
1: Whew. Again, I mean, something that we'll have a much better idea of, you yeah. know, in a month and a half, whatever it is. I think I, my gut tells me Spillane yeah, right now. Me too. Uh, you know, now I think Divine certainly will be given every opportunity to earn his reps, to earn a bigger role. Yeah. But I think you look at, at Robert Spillane. It's a dude who's done it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think with Divine, all of the potential in the world is there. All of the physical attributes are there. I mean, we saw him during the offseason program. I mean, the guy look, physically looks fantastic. Yes. He looks the role of what you want in, in kind of that new age linebacker, right? But Spillane has done there. Or excuse me, he's been there and he's done that, right? So, you know, in one hand, you have a guy who's a veteran in the league who perhaps the ceiling isn't as high as Divine, but you know exactly what you're getting. And then on the other hand, you have a guy with all the potential in the world, but you haven't seen it yet on a consistent basis. Exactly. So I think for me, right now, as you record this, Robert Spillane is kind of my, my guess for that uh, that that question. It's a bummer
0: that we agree again. Why, do, why is it like <laughs> yeah. this? Why is it like this? <laughs> but, uh, you know, and that's, again, like you said, no knock on Divine. None. Uh, none at all. He, Like I noted, he is rocking the green dot here in the offseason and all that stuff. But the pads have yet to come on. Um, you know, and, and so Spillane is that guy that comes in and a lot of people say, you know, he's that thumper, uh, you know, that, that run stopper. but I think he's a guy that comes in and, and impresses people with what he can do, uh, in coverage as well. You go looking through his grades here in 2020 and 2021, he allowed a 53.5 completion rate Uh, in 2020 and a 66.7 completion rate in 2021 I think he's got more coverage chops than people really think he didn't allow a touchdown uh, in both of those years so two years that he hasn't allowed a touchdown in coverage uh, as the primary defender at least in coverage there so I I think he's a guy that has a little more layers to his game you know than people really think and like you said he's been there he's done that he's taking that role uh, that we saw Denzel Perryman of that like C ball, hit ball, he's yeah. seeking missile type of guy, uh, and and whoever does that, especially in the linebacking core, like that just commands respect and attention, you know, and, and so that's where I think we see him kind of win his teammates over, being that guy that just goes out there and lays dudes out, and then I think he does earn the green dot. He said that the staff told him he'd have an opportunity to compete for that, so. I, I think that's going to be a fun battle to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that we can even have like a legitimate conversation about having two guys that you feel pretty good about yeah. in, in that role, I think is a great, uh, great sign for the Raiders defense. But we look at the, we talked about the experience, Jesse, right? Where, you know, Robert Spillane, 52 career games, right? Appeared in 52. Divine, 25. Yeah. So you're talking about a guy that has more than twice the amount of NFL experience. And look, that's not to say Divine can't get that experience, mm-hmm. but as we sit here right now getting ready for training camp, Robert Spillane has, played, excuse me, has appeared in more than twice the amount of games that Divine Diablo has. So I think Divine will be given every opportunity to kind of find that role, to earn that role. And look, if Divine isn't the dude wearing the green dot, that's not to say he's no. not going to be on the football field, right? Yeah. Like this is a dude, and we talk about it, the freak athleticism, the guy who is very much the 2023 version of what you want a linebacker in the NFL to look like. He's going to be on the field. He's going to get his chances to go make plays. Whether he's wearing the green dot or he's not wearing the green dot, we'll figure that out over the next couple months. Yeah. But I think whether he is or whether he isn't, this is a dude in, in Divine Diablo who's going to make an impact on the Raiders' defense in 2023.
0: Yeah, look, he, he, the fact that they even gave him the green dot in the offseason, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, you can make the argument of like, well, who are you going to give it to at yeah. this time of year? Because obviously Spillane is, you know, joining this team and Divine had been here, uh, you know, and he's kind of uh, really the guy in that crew uh, so far, you know, at this point. Um, But he has the comfortability in this scheme. So, The fact that he does that and and knows what he's doing uh, back there is already massive. So you bring Spillane in, like you said... Whoever loses that battle, like you, still feel comfortable putting yep. both of them out there. And like you said, Divine too, uh, what you want out of a linebacker, you know, in the NFL right now. I'm excited to see him and kind of how he improves his coverage ability as well, because uh, that's obviously something that the Raiders need out of a linebacker.
1: And but real quick before we move on, I think one thing that if you're a fan of the Raiders, when you look at Robert Spillane's career stats, this is what you got to love. These are the games that he's played since he entered the NFL in 2018. Two, eight, twelve. 14 16 this is a guy who has seen the role get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger this isn't a guy who came in as a rookie and played 13 games the next year he played seven right this is a dude who has earned everything that he's had in this league yeah. and has taken advantage of every opportunity and because of that the piece of the pie has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger so i'm excited to see really what both of those guys have but it'll be a fun battle to watch and i think that's something too you got to give it like a
0: hat tip to the staff too there's so many guys that you can say that are that the arrow is trending up on them that they've signed or brought in that kind of seem like i like, or at least are shaping up to be like kind of interesting and real shrewd contract moves and players mm-hmm. in the building. That when you dive deeper into the numbers, there's like more layers to their game than I think the the casual fan would realize. So that's the thing. I'm excited to see a lot of different guys that are similar to that where the arrow is trending up for them with this Raiders team.
1: And that's why Dave Ziggler and the boys down the hall are making the big bucks, yes. and you and I are sitting here in this beautiful studio <laughs> just talking about it, chopping it all up. But yeah. question three. We we start, we're going in order, right? We started the defensive line. Yeah. We move back to the linebackers. Now let's shift back even further to the back end and look at the safeties. One safety in particular, Marcus Epps, a guy that comes in, Mm -hmm. priority kind of free agent for the silver and black. He enters now. He joins uh, from the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles, What do we think that he is going to bring to this group in 2023?
0: And I mean, this guy comes in being able to stop the run, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and also a veteran leadership on the back end, too. Uh, You know, this is a a big one, uh, you know, for for that group um, as a whole. Uh, You know, Trayvon Merrick as well needs to take a step forward, obviously. Yes. Uh, But having a guy who's kind of been there, has got the experience, Uh, that's definitely big. But like I noted, I mean, Epps comes in and he's kind of your run stuffer there. This guy played the fourth most snaps among safeties, uh, you know, at over 1,200 snaps. Uh, But then you come in and look at his uh, run defense grade. He was ranked 11th in stopping the run. Uh, The guy racked up 88 tackles. That's seventh overall. I mean, pretty good numbers when you look in that sense. And also, too, look, the coverage numbers in terms of the stats aren't amazing but also when you look at the uh, the catches that he actually allowed he's 6th and then for yards allowed 4th like those are good numbers there mm-hmm. so um you know I, maybe his coverage grade wasn't the greatest in the world but the numbers themselves speak to him being efficient in the passing game as well so i'm excited to see kind of what role he carves out for himself and what he provides to that group
1: yeah i think that he does you know, his, his final form, right, the role yeah. that we ask of him, again, we'll figure out over the next couple of months, but I, I think that he brings a, you know, two things to the table. One, he's a veteran presence who's been productive in the NFL. And two, he's a guy that knows how to win. Mm-hmm. He is a guy that was a part of arguably the best defense in the NFL a year ago, and he wasn't a guy that was sitting on the sidelines watching those dudes get after it. He was on the field uh, and kind of learning and dissecting and figuring out how to be a key, uh, a key cog in this defensive beast for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm not a huge guy in, in kind of talking about the translation of, oh, well, what he did a year ago with a group of guys that aren't here, how will that translate to what he does here in a new spot? But I think when we look at what he has done, we talk about he's won, but not only that, he has had a chance to learn, to understand, to bring a different perspective to this group now in 2023. So, yeah, I mean, I think that what the final form ends up being, what Patrick Graham asks of him in specifics, is something that we'll figure out during training camp and throughout the preseason. But this is a guy that, if you're a fan of the silver and black, you know he's a he's a really fun shiny toy yep. that is now in in the in the, uh, in the toy box here.
0: A guy that's been on a solid team, like you said, been there, done that, knows how to win. And to your point about Spillane, in terms of the games played, numbers going up. Well, okay, in 2019, his rookie year with the uh, uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, played in eight games, and then from there, the rest way with the Eagles, 14, 16, and 17 games. So yeah. again, another guy arrow trending up, you know? Uh, so really excited to see what, what he can do back there with them. Uh, the biggest thing that they need out of everybody in their secondary really is just ball production so like is this a guy that can make plays exactly that can make plays it can go down there being more of that quote unquote run stuffer type of guy can he go in there and separate a ball a ball a carrier from from the ball itself you know how many times can he get them to put the ball on the ground that's what i think is going to be intriguing uh because in this defense if things are all going perfect you got trayvon merrick back there roaming around playing that center field role and marcus epps running around, flying, hitting people, kind of being that Spillane of the secondary.
1: Yeah, and I think that really, you know, stayed in the obvious a little bit. What really kind of differentiates the good defensive players in the NFL from the really good, elite, outstanding ones, it's they figure out a way to take the ball away, right? Yeah. You look at guys, that, you know, Jalen Ramsey at his peak, right? Darrell Revis back in the day. Those are guys that, yeah, they were they were really solid in coverage. They did their thing. But you would wake up. And it would feel like every day when you're watching SportsCenter, Center, every Sunday, there's a highlight of of Darrell Reeves of every the ball in their hands, like, hang on, I know you're a safety, but why are you running towards the end zone, right? And and so certainly the Raiders need a little more of that dynamic on the back end, right? They need it from everyone. Yeah. But I think on the back end in particular, to have some production, uh, excuse me, production in that you know realm i think it would be huge for this group
0: oh it'd be massive i mean again like that just we we talk about the pass rush and everything working in tandem i mean you, you get a guy that you can just trust that you don't have to think about back there Ugh, that makes everybody's life so much easier and so a guy coming in here that's been there and done that can help kind of calm the waters a bit and maybe take some of the pressure off of a guy like Trevon Merrick as he continues to improve and and grow in this defense as he, again, like we said, enters a big offseason for him. So uh, Marcus Epps is a guy that I think that's going to come in and, and can pay dividends for a lot of the guys around him as well.
1: You know, it's interesting, too, and I just kind of had this thought is, you know, last week you and I talked about the offense, right? And, and you and I kind of looked back to when we were going through training camp 2022 and the offensive line, we had so many questions about it. And that was kind of the big, okay, what are the Raiders going to do at A, B, C, D, and E? Yeah, I think going into this year, I think that's kind of the safety group, the, the back end of the defense is kind of that for me, right? Yeah. I know we're going to talk about Nate Hobbs and some of the DBs in here in just a second, but, I mean, really the safety is like we come in now and, it, and, and there's not – There's so many different combinations, and I don't know if any of them would really surprise me.
0: Yeah. No, same with me. I mean, because there are so many pieces kind of in the mix back there. We talk about the safeties as I I pull up the uh, depth chart here that I just deleted. Um, but there's so many pieces that you can kind of mix and match. Chris Smith, you know, a guy yeah. that's going to be interesting uh, back there. You know, what kind of role does he carve out for himself? Isaiah,
1: Isaiah Polamau, him a guy that we saw a little bit of last yeah. year. Chris Smith, a rookie. Roderick Teamer, a dude who's a veteran now in the NFL. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of guys in this group and guys that have either played a lot of football or guys that you say, hey, I want to see them yeah. play more football. So a really, really intriguing group. And certainly no shortage of storylines there as we carry on throughout the offseason and ultimately training camp. But Jesse... What do we got? Question four of the six pack. All right. So, we're talking
0: about the secondary. That's where I'm going to keep it. For this one, I want to know who wins the starting role mm. opposite of Nate Hobbs, assuming that he stays outside. I think we can all be in agreement. that like yeah. he's going to stay outside, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, well, I think so. Yeah. Question mark? He'll Probably. Both. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, yeah. The majority of his snaps yeah. outside. I would agree. Uh, so, who is his running mate on the outside, man? Yeah. And we talk about having a lot of good pieces and a lot of intrigue. When I was going through this earlier, I think my first, I'm going with my first gut. I'm gonna go with the first kind of that's the guy feeling that I had. Uh, and that guy is friend of the program, Brandon Faison. There you go. Um, I think Brandon brings a lot of things to the table. Uh, I think uh, physically speaking, he brings a, he's a tall, rangy corner, six, two, two hundred pounds. Like this is a guy who who can do that, who brings that to the uh, brings that to the table., uh, but a veteran. In the NFL, a guy who has been at a handful of different places now on his second tour of duty with the silver and black and, you know, really the owner of one of my favorite becoming a Raider story a story for another day. But I think that his experience uh, in the NFL in general, the physical tools that he brings, the demeanor that he has on and off the field, I think, is very becoming of a cornerback. Uh, and I think that if you are to ask me to right now, he's going to be the guy.
0: Yeah, hey, that that's a good one. He, he's obviously one of the guys in the mix, Brandon Faison, David Long Jr., and Duke Shelley. But for me, it's the last guy that I listed. I think Duke Shelley locks okay. down that spot. Yeah, he comes in. You know, you know, you guys know I bring up the PFF numbers a lot, and I yeah. always say you got to take him with a grain of salt. But I, I add a lot of grain of salt in there when I talk about the PFF numbers here. But this is a guy that comes in when you dive into it. Uh, looks like he could be a solid pickup for them. Another one of those kind of arrow trending up guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he played with the Vikings, um, or with the, sorry with the Bears, they had him primarily in the slot, and he was kind of like, ah, eh, you know, it wasn't anything amazing. But then they moved him outside, and he really shined and took advantage of that opportunity. He had an 86.4 PFF coverage grade, which ranks third in the NFL, only to Sauce Gardner and Patrick Sertan, the second. I'd say that's pretty it's good. pretty good company. Right? Pretty there's good more, company. though. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> On top of that, he had an 84.5 PFF man coverage grade, which was the second best in the NFL, only to Marlon Humphrey. And then... But wait, there's even more. The kid had some ball production, 11 pass breakups and an interception, and he allowed a 59.6 quarterback rating, which was sixth in the NFL. Uh, now, they're just stats. Stats can be tweaked however the yeah. heck you want. But I think this guy brings some interesting elements to the table. His man coverage, obviously, is what shines, and probably a big reason why they brought him in here. And the fact that as soon as he moved outside, he really took that opportunity and ran with it and changed as an NFL player. He's again another one of those guys that I think is on the rise uh, that could be an interesting pickup for the Raiders here.
1: So, philosophical question again, then, right? Yeah. In this world where Duke Shelley and Nate are your two kind of base corners, yeah. uh, neither of those dudes kind of, you know, the picture of the 6'4 Rangy yeah. corner, right? Nate listed at six foot, Duke Shelley, five if nine. I'm reading this correctly, 5'8 on oh. the Raiders.com website. There
0: you go. Do you... ESPN gave him an extra
1: inch. There. Yeah, hey, good, for, <laughs> hey, good agent, dude. Um, If you're Patrick Graham, do you have any pause, any hesitation, throwing out your two corners that are going to be on the field a ton, and neither of them are kind of the – picture of, of physical dominance, if you will.
0: No, totally. I, I see where you're coming with that. And that's kind of today's NFL as you see those longer rangy corners are the ones that are having more success. And so uh, I definitely would. I totally get it. But also maybe uh, see who you're matching up against, but a guy like Keenan Allen comes to mind. Obviously, mm-hmm. y- you would want probably a bigger bodied guy like that. And maybe that's where we see more matchup-specific, you know, guys that slot into the lineup there. uh, Not slot specifically, but just slot into the lineup uh, to cover a certain guy like him, you know, or these big-bodied receivers that they will see from time to time. But also, too, like... No matter how big or small you are, like again, we look at Jacoby Myers, and I'm just going off the top here without looking at him, but I think he goes like six one, and his contested catch sure. rate,
1: yeah, hundred awesome. percent, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, I mean, also not to be this guy, you either got the yeah. dog in, or you don't got the dog exactly. in, you, right? I mean, you could be six foot seven and you know built like a you know a, a transformer, but yeah. if you don't
0: have it, you don't have it. And so. the thing too is like these smaller guys, you usually see that like they're a little stickier, you know, they're they're able to move and wiggle and have the loose hips a little more. So in coverage against these guys, they may not have that size to where it's like, oh, you just barely put a hand up and you you to break it up, but they could be right there with those guys and in their grill, and it's tough to make a contested catch yeah. when a guy's right up on you. So uh, I, I put some stock in, in the height, weight, speed thing, uh, but also at the same time, I'm like, eh, not going to lose my mind if you got For a couple sure. small guys out there that get the job
1: done. 100%. And I will say, one, one uh, kind of addition to that before we move on, uh, keep an eye on Sam Webb. Right, yeah. we talk about kind of those big-bodied corners, right? Sam Webb coming in. At, give me one sec. I think it was six-two. I just I don't, wanna, I don't, don't want to I don't want to take an inch away from it. Sam. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yes, listed at six-two and again just under two hundred pounds. So we talk about more of that kind of prototypical, uh, you know, corner physique like a Brandon Face on someone yeah. like that. Uh, Sam Webb, a guy who certainly had his moments in twenty twenty-three. Yeah, a guy who had some moments that I'm sure he would want to get better from. He improves from in twenty twenty-three, but a guy who certainly had moments in flash and said, "Hey, I belong here in the NFL."
0: Look, as an undrafted guy, to work your way onto the field and get and that, you, dunk, I love those like, dudes, man. Huge. That 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 counts for something. Like, I a lot of times when I'm looking into these battles, like I try and look and see where guys were drafted or if they were drafted at all. And like I put a lot of weight on guys who were undrafted that fought and battled and earned a spot on the field because like that is harder. Do you come in literally the bottom of the depth chart and you go and win
1: your spot? And there, and you know, candidly, coaches are you've got to you got to give them a reason to keep you around. Yeah. Right. And I know that I know it's a little different now with the way that the uh, roster management and the cut days exactly. and all that is and I kudos to the NFL for kind of changing it and having it the way that it is now which is the one big cut. But all the same, I mean if you're an undrafted guy, you got to you got to earn your spot every single day cuz oftentimes you you know you're ranking guys 1 to 90, yeah. you're guy number 87, you're guy number 88, you're guy number 89. Hey, if something comes up, if someone there's a surprise cut from Team X during training camp, all right. Well, I'm gonna look for the undrafted guy that we don't owe a lot of money financially to, yeah. Uh, and we're gonna give someone else who we know who's been there, done that in the league the chance to go earn that job.
0: And it's also hard too, cause like you fall prey to like the narrative, you know, mm-hmm. it, the not going, you know, not going drafted. Yeah. I know everyone says like, oh, well, once you're here, it doesn't really matter. It like, kind of matters. Yeah, it's still yeah. kind of in the back yeah. of your head. So like you're also fighting that with co- the coaching staff, you know, because these guys are also human. They're going to be like, like you said, you look at the contracts and everything, you're like, ah, well, hey, we can, we can afford to get this guy like out of here. So I have so much respect for the guys 100%. that claw and scratch their way onto a roster. And when they get that opportunity, they they succeeded. And, and Sam Webb was definitely a guy that did just that.
1: Put it this way before we go to question five. Yeah. Tyree Wilson can have a lot more bad days exactly. and not be losing sleep. Than a guy who's an undrafted yeah, free. His check's still yeah. gonna clear. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. That direct deposit has hit, yes. brother. Uh, question five in the six pack. Okay. So bear with me here, because you and I were, were going through this when we were uh, we were we were prepping. The Raiders drafted six defensive rookies mm-hmm. in 2023. Six of them. One, two, three, four, five, six. Take Tyree Wilson, the aforementioned. Out. Yeah, he's not allowed to play in this. He's going game.
0: to the bank. That's what exactly. Doing. Yeah. He's busy.
1: He's making sure that every, that the zeros and the commas and all that. He's busy. Yeah, I'm giving you five defensive rookies. I am giving you. Who am I giving you? I'm giving yeah. you Christopher Smith. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you Ja'Corian Bennett, Amari Bernie, Byron Young, and Nesta Jade Silvera. Yeah. Of those five. Who makes the biggest impact on this defense in 2023? Well, here, before I give
0: you my, like, number one, here's three that I'm just really intrigued three. by. <laughs> three? I'm only giving yeah. you five. No, 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 I'm just saying that I'm intrigued okay. by, and okay. I'll pick the one. Okay, then, you know, fair enough. I'll fair give enough. you a real answer. Just There's three guys that I'm really intrigued All right. by. Christopher Smith, Jacorian Bennett. Uh, Okay, I lied, actually. <laughs> Byron Byron Young and Amari Bernie. Those guys, to me, that's started, four. I know, that is four. I, I really cheated. I'm sorry, that's bad. But, like, Amari Bernie, like, I'm really excited just watching his tape. Also, shameless plug, like I'm a Gators fan too, so like Uh, that kind of helps. But this kid was all over the place. The ball production was off the charts. Uh, Having said that, to me, uh, it's Jacorian Bennett just because you watch the tape of what he did against Ohio State, and that guy is there battling with those receivers. And those are some of the best receivers in the college game, man. So, uh, rising to the occasion in that sense, uh, you have to love that. Uh, Also, a guy that uh, doesn't, so like my thing with that is like he's not going to shy away. From the fact of like that, there's competition, you know? Uh, So, definitely gonna be excited to see what he can do. He's explosive, um, you know, and and it's just that sticky man coverage guy, brings a bit of versatility, but has that like kind of chip on his shoulder. Also, too, of his running mate uh, that also got drafted out of Maryland, goes later than he does. So, he probably thinks, hey, I got a little something to prove, show you that I am actually the top dog here.
1: Yeah, and we talk about, you know, we're talking about height, weight, speed guys, right? I mean, Ja'Korian Bennett is, is a guy who's going to play bigger yeah. than he actually is. We've heard that from a lot of folks. He's physical, to your point, isn't going to shy away from contact, isn't going to shy away from the moment, Yeah, right? Like, he seems like the kind of dude, and, and we haven't had a ton of time, or excuse me, a ton of time to spend with the rookies thus far. A lot of that will come when we get to training camp. But in just hearing his media sessions, even going back to when he was in college, like, this is not a guy who's going to be shook by anything, right? No. So if he looks up one day... And Keenan Allen is looking him in the eyes. This is not a, a young fellow who is going to be uh intimidated by that. This is not, yeah. you know, a guy whose heart is gonna skip a beat. No, no, no. He's like, this is a dude, I'm a dude, let's go to work and see what happens at the end of this play. So yeah, great, great call on Jacorian Bennett. On all I, five of them. Yes. <laughs> I am gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Christopher Smith the yeah. second. Um we talk about the we were talking about earlier, right? The multitude of versions of formations that this back end of the Raiders defense could look like in twenty twenty three, right? Yeah. You got Trayvon, you got Marcus Epps. Well you also have a guy like Christopher Smith the second. A guy who very similar to Marcus Epps has won a ton of football games. This dude has won and won and won. And he is a guy that I think is going to be given the opportunity to earn a role. What that role looks like in 2023 remains to be seen, right? Whether that is a, hey, I'm a guy you can't take off the field kind of guy, or I have a package, or I come in in these select situations – He's a guy I think is going to end up playing significant football for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, He's a guy that I'm excited about, uh, a mature young guy uh, who comes in with, again, kind of a chip on your shoulder and an understanding of like, hey, this is what I bring to the table, uh, and this is the best. I'm looking to be the best version of myself. But I think he right now – Give me Christopher Smith II outside of Tyree Wilson, of course, yeah. as the Raiders' defensive rookie that makes the biggest impact on this team in 2023. I mean, Dave
0: said when they drafted him, he got a couple of texts. It was like, oh man, you got a good one. Yeah, you know, and, and so that I'm excited to see you know what he can do and kind of what he turns into in that sense. You know, he to me kind of is like a like Renfro. Kind of seemed like he was in college forever. Yeah, you know uh, that's kind of what I think with him. Well, it's because well. we it's
1: because we see them in these big games True. week after week, year after year after year.
0: Yeah, and that counts for something. Hundred percent. League. I mean, that is huge to be in those positions because it, it's not new for you. It's not like oh man, you know, like you said, oh we got uh, you know some of these big time dogs right across from me. Uh oh, mm-hmm. what's gonna happen here? Or like it's a clutch situation, like. They've been there, done that. They've got the muscle memory in those spots. So I'm excited to see what he can do as well. Uh, another guy that was very productive and, uh, you know, maybe a bit undersized, but his coverage skills are 100% there. And, like, look, as a safety, you got to be that last line of defense. So I'm excited to, uh, to see what he can do uh, back there as well. One guy, too, like I'm just going to cheat and kind of talk about a couple of guys. Sure, go for it. this thing goes off the rails. But, like, Byron Young, another guy that I'm yep. really interested to see uh, where he kind of fits into the mix of things here. Uh he comes into me with a great mindset. He said he's like, you know, at Alabama you had to earn the right to rush the passer. Like so this is a guy that's obviously going to come in here and do just that, but he concentrated a lot on stuffing the run at Alabama till he got that opportunity. To rush the passer, so I'm sure he's going to come in and try and plug the middle a bit more in that sense. And then when he does get his opportunities to rush the passer, I'm real curious to see what he does in terms of uh, you know adding that pressure up the middle that we know is you know so devastating against quarterbacks.
1: 100. And before you bring us home with question six, Jesse, can we agree that Tyree Wilson going to be the most impactful Raiders rookie?
0: I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think
1: on the, on the t- excuse me, the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if he's not, I think that's a win. You know, yeah, and I don't mean that 100%. in a bad no, way. No, like, no, no. Like, I Because you know, yeah.
0: then it's like, oh, then that means. The the Raiders hit on someone later on the draft. But I do think he he will be the most impactful because I I think we'll see him out there probably in the best situation to succeed in terms of being surrounded by you know Max and Chandler and he's learning from two of the best in the biz as well. So I, I think we'll see some interesting things from him as he continues to grow and you know get healthy and all that stuff. I'm excited to see.
1: Yeah, that. I think you yeah, dead on. Where I think he's going to be put in a position to succeed yeah. pretty early on. No, I, definitely I don't think is. he's going to be asked to do too much. I think he's going to be asked to do uh, an appropriate amount and then we talked about you know, when we talked last week about the the Michael Mayer experience and the version of Michael Mayer that we see week 1 is going to be different than the version we see week 18. I think the same thing is going to be uh, is going to is going to is going to all true for Tyree Wilson, where the version we see from him in the season opener uh, is going to be a lot different than come December and January, and hopefully that role gets bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, and all three of those guys, those big dogs on the defensive line are eaten.
0: Yeah, 100% agree, man. So as we move forward here now, uh, speaking of, you know, in terms of the, the intriguing guys, the depth guys, uh, I talked about Ja'Korian Bennett, I'm going to talk about him a little bit more as Please well do. now. Uh, for me, what is the most intriguing depth battle to you? in terms of a guy that's not a starter, but will probably play some significant minutes uh, for this team. And so for me, it's the slot corner spot. Does Ja'Korian Bennett win his way into the mix there in the slot? As I noted, kid is athletic as can be, runs a 4 three forty, had 24 total pass breakups and five interceptions in two years at Maryland. Like I noted, the tape was great. Uh, no moment is going to be too big for him uh, when he gets here on this stage in the NFL and camp.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a great one. I am going to uh, shift a little closer to the line of scrimmage. And I think one battle that—and you and I were talking about this— one battle where I think we're not collectively, and I say we, the general raiderdom, yeah. aren't talking about— I am really, really excited to see what the, this defensive tackle situation looks like in 2023, right? Because the Raiders have drafted four defensive tackles in the past two years. Yeah, Jerry Tillery is, you know, I think had a really nice kind of small sample size for the Raiders a year ago. Bilal Nichols was a priority free agent a few years ago. You have a lot of really quality pieces now in the middle. Yeah. And how does that all shake out? So I, I think for me, that is a, a depth battle, but it's also... Who's the starter battle, too? Like, that is just, to me, an incredibly captivating group of guys, a group of really talented guys, and I cannot wait to see what Patrick Graham ultimately ends up deciding to do with the, with the big boys. Yeah, I
0: mean, we talk about Byron Young coming in and, and you know, wanting to earn that right to, to be out on the field, but there's also, like you said, a couple of guys they drafted last year, Nero Farrell Jr. and Matthew Butler. Like, mm-hmm. how much is that step that they take from year one to year two? You know, so many times we talk about these guys – once they learn how to be a pro, year two is when they really show what they can be. Like, so this is an interesting uh, camp for these guys, an interesting offseason. Like, I'm interested to see what they look like when they come back, when they throw the pads on, when they actually start hitting. How disruptive those guys can be. Um, that's gonna be fun, man. And, and I, Jerry Tillery is an intriguing piece too. You know, because he's he's such that another that guy that's like that height, weight, you yeah, know, massive frame, all those different things. I mean. The Raiders defensive line with Max, with Chandler, with Jerry. Uh Bilal I know is a little bit on the shorter side if I remember right. Yep. Um but like just the uh, with when you just look at Max, you look at Jerry, you look at uh Tyree and Chandler, like they're gonna be that team like walking off the bus, you're like, Whoa, this yeah. is a basketball team.
1: Yeah, I mean seriously, I mean, they're all gonna look like stretch fours. Yeah. Right. I mean, so it, that to me is is gonna be a really I mean a very intriguing battle, but I think that if we go into camp, and I'm sure you and I will discuss this ad nauseum during the race training camp podcast, but I think that if you were to say, hey, circle two guys that need to have good training camps that I really want to see put their best foot forward, to me, two of those guys are Neil Farrell and Matthew Butler, right? I mean, because if you're sitting where they're sitting, you say, okay, we had rookie seasons that perhaps weren't the most highlight filled Like, there were moments, but, you know, we didn't see a ton of action, and now... I'm going to look at I'm going to look to April and my team drafted two more guys yeah. that do what I do. I think that's uh I think those are two guys that are we're going to see the best version of Butler and Farrell in 2023 and early 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 in camp they're going to have to put their best foot forward.
0: I would agree 100% on that. Another guy that you've got to look out for Amik Meek Robertson. You know, yeah. how much does he kind of say, "All right, hey, you, you draft this Jacorian Bennett kid who who's a savage?" Yeah. Amik also has a pretty good tape if you go back and look at college. Yeah, the big thing for him is the consistency. Mm-hmm. Can he do that? And so this, I think, is a big camp for him. He's got to be coming in, looking at his chops, saying, "All right, it's time for me to show these guys what I can do." You know, so I'm excited to see him kind of go out there and do his and, thing. And
1: let's not forget that a year ago, and, and I, wanna, I don't want to—I don't want to use kind of a blanket term, but Amik was kind of a forgotten man in that yeah. secondary group, no, he right? Was. Like if you when you were doing your 53 projections, at, excuse me, 53 man projections at the start of camp, yeah, I don't know if there are a lot of people that had Amik Robertson on that on that piece of paper. No. Right. And now you shift forward to the end of the year and you're like, this dude played a lot of football. He did. We met a na- big moment. Yeah. We now go to training camp 2023 and he's in the same position he was a year ago where yeah. people are like, I don't know. Let's see what Meek's got. And so he's a guy that he's going to have to every single day. Go out there and prove it, and say I deserve a spot on this 53, and I'm going to take it from somebody.
0: Yeah, and I think Amik is one of those guys that like that thrives in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain guys that like they like when you kind of discount them yeah. and, and kind of be like, oh, you know, forget about this guy. Like I think Amik likes that because he likes playing with that chip on his shoulder. So that's one of those things where I'm excited to see how guys respond, and I think that's a spot that he's comfortable in being that guy that's kind of counted out.
1: Yeah, and I think just in a, in a general sense, before we get out of here, I I'm excited to see what year two of this Patrick Graham system looks like, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm so, I I don't think it's going to be like a transformational, oh my God, what did we, what is going on? But I think really what we're looking for is marked improvement at all three levels. And I think we're going to get that, right? I think that coming into camp, this is a more talented defense than a year ago. I think the guys that are coming back clearly have a better idea of what the expectations are, what the goal is, what some of those kind of idiosyncrasies are to make this defense go from you know a 60 mile an hour car to an 80 mile an hour car. Mm-hmm. so I think that really seeing that like I said, not that gradual improvement but that defined definitive they were here list last year they're here now. I think that is going to be exciting. Also too I mean for the simple fact there's so much talk about offensively you know the way
0: that they brought in guys that are scheme fits mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Same thing happened on a defensive end of the ball as well, you know. So they're bringing in guys that can come in and toe the line. Marcus Epps, you know, you go and get her Spillane, you know. And this is another year for them looking at this offense. I mean, not only did the players have a full offseason, but the coaching staff did 100%. too.
1: And so, very little coaching turnover too on the staff, which exactly, I think is important to bring which up. Just massive.
0: So like that helps with them too, and. and for them, like, they're learning what these guys do best, too. So, like, they're a little more comfortable with the players and what they can ask them to do. So I would imagine we we only see things kind of going up. You know, it can only kind of get better from here uh, in terms of the comfortability factor and knowing what they've got in the mix here and the guys that they they understand what they can do, you know, to, to...
1: improve this defense because we all know it needs some work agreed 100% and speaking of guys that are improving guys that are getting better you and I right yeah. we are got our first version our episode one of the Raiders training camp podcast is and we joke about this every year right by the end of the season or the season right when yeah. the end by the time the regular season starts you and I are in a great groove <laughs> episode seven is fantastic you're like all right well, I'll see you in eleven months. Let's do it again. But uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm stoked to have you back in the mix. It is going to be great, great, great. Yeah. Uh, but outside of the Raiders training camp podcast, Jesse, what do you have cooking that the people need to be watching out for?
0: Man, just all of our coverage. You know, as we do get closer to camp, you know, on news through, we talking a lot of that. Obviously, the Aces keeping it all in the yes, family. You know, absolutely. they're making their run. Uh, you know, they have been playing outside of their minds. You know, they lose a game against Connecticut, and they just roll. You know, mm-hmm. since then, so uh, we'll be covering them a lot. I'm really excited to be able to dive into them. You know, it's. The shout-out to the Golden Knights, so cool that they won, but it's tough because you end up playing that game where you're like, ah, we can't cover the Aces as much because we're so into the Knights at this point. I'm so fired up to dive into the Aces and give them the do that they need because their team, obviously Savages, look like they could be repeating again, so we'll have a lot of coverage from them on News 3.
1: Absolutely, and in just a few weeks, dude, like we said, Raiders Training Camp Pod, we are back, we are doing it. it. Season 3, big shout-out to uh, everyone that helps us put that together, and man, it's going to be here before you know it. So... Uh, but speaking of things in the short term though you and i will be back next week yep. breaking down oh Breaking down special teams, Jesse. I cannot wait. It's been an an, an interesting offseason for yeah. my guys, uh, for Daniel Carlson and A.J. Cole. So, yeah, no shortage of intriguing storylines there. I cannot wait. Resident special teams, Eddie's putting that hat back on. We're going to work. <laughs> That'll be next week. So, for Eddie Pascal, my guy Jesse Merrick, Ray Behind the Glass, everyone at Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you. And as I said, we will see you guys next week, same time, same place, to break down all things special teams on our final six-pack episode of Upon Further Review.
0: Raiders fans, you can be here for live NFL action all season long. As the official ticket marketplace of the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL, Ticketmaster is a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Whether you're cheering on the Raiders at home or away, find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com
1: slash Raiders. Ever had one of those moments? You know, the ones where you're off your game, those fleeting lapses in judgment? We've all been there. But hold on tight, because here comes the game changer. Packed with an epic blend of chocolate, caramel, peanuts, and nougat, Snickers, the proud partner of the Las Vegas Raiders, is your trusty teammate. Turning those cringeworthy moments into a victory dance. Snickers, tackling life's fumbles one bite
0: at a time.